Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey, Get to Vet listeners, this is Mike. And now for my personal disclaimer, although I am active duty military, I'm not an official spokesperson of the United States Navy. Any of my views expressed on the Get to Vet podcast are based on my personal experience. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Get to Vet. Trevor Maxwell here and with me as always is my partner in podcasting. Mike Riggs and I will be retired by the time this is released, I bet you. Hell yeah. And when that happens, we're going to have a very special episode uh, so, <laughs> i'm thinking we'll call it mike's retirement rant or something like that. there you go and uh today today's the episode uh we finally got around to it we always knew this was coming uh i think it was just a matter of of the circumstances and, and meeting the right person to have on the show to talk about it and i think today we we hit the nail on the head uh sean bailey one of our little podcast fans and and one of our uh, guests actually on the show introduced me to our guest today matt curran um with hillman valley growers and i'm going to let him introduce himself and talk a little bit about some of the awesome things that he's doing with probably one of the most talked about topics in the uh veteran space cannabis yeah, guys, and I appreciate the uh, the intro and the opportunity. We had a great talk on the phone after Sean connected us, and and many thanks to Sean. Uh, he and I go back many, 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 many years, so it was good to to see a text pop up from him, kind of out of the blue, and then make this connection. And uh, yeah, it's, it's I I appreciate it. You guys are doing some great stuff, so thank you for the platform. Uh, my name is Matt Curran. I am a retired Marine, twenty years. Um, I the last 10 years or so of Marine Special Operations Command. Uh, prior to that, I was in recon, force recon. I did time in the infantry, drill instructor. Um, and then I did some Marine Security Forces time, different from Marine Security Guard. Uh, but yeah, I'd done a little bit of everything. Um, again, last 10 years was, was spent with uh, Marine Special Operations Command. Uh, and I did my deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and, and both of those were Sean. So good, good time. Um, after I retired, I went out and, and sort of did my own thing. I got away from the military. I spent some time in, in life science and biotech world. And then um, ran into a buddy at a friend's daughter's birthday party, a guy I had deployed with, and uh, was talking to him a little bit. Um, and, you know, he, he, was, he was looking, he was just looking great. I mean, you see guys you haven't seen in, in years and years and years, and they look great, and, and it makes you really happy. And, you know, of course, you want to connect. And asked him what he had been doing. And, and he told me that he was, you know, in the cannabis space. And I, I was like, what? I'm like, excuse me, come again. Like, what are you doing? I'm sorry. That's, you know, after doing 20 years in the Marine Corps where it's zero tolerance, um, you don't just jump right back into it. As much as you talk about it, like on those long deployments, like what you're going to do when you get out. I don't think that, you know, a lot of guys, I'm sure some do, but you just don't have, you know, you just don't jump into it full, full fledged. He said, yeah, you know, I, I'd gotten out. Um, I had some injuries. I had some PTS I was dealing with. I was living life fast and hard. And I was using alcohol to mask a lot of the things that, that I was dealing with. Uh, he goes, you know, and, and one day I smoked a joint and it changed my life. He said, um, and, and the catchphrase that, that he used and that we use as a company, um, he, he has this quote is, I traded a fifth of Jack for a joint and it saved my life. 
So I, I wasn't drinking and driving. I quit drinking and driving. I quit blacking out at night. I quit waking up with a hangover. I quit waking up really regretting the night before and not remembering much of it. Uh, I'm much more peaceful. I've, I've been able to manage some, my, you know, pain management is absolutely there. Um, I sleep well at night. My hunger has come back and I just live a more peaceful, more balanced life using cannabis. And I was like, you know, I was truly intrigued by it. Um, and he goes, you know, I've taken it a step further and I've gotten into cultivation and he was pursuing a degree in agriculture because of it. Um, but he, but basically he was saying that being in the garden was his form of therapy. And I, and I think I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. Right. I think like a lot of guys can relate to that. I enjoy being in the garden. Um, I don't cultivate cannabis, but you know, tomatoes and plants and things of that nature. And that's sort of my place of peace. And that definitely was his place of peace. And so we started looking into it. You know, we, we took a, a step back and realized that a lot of our friends and a lot of veterans in general, uh, really are living out of a bottle, right? I mean, the VA is, and they're great to me, as great as they are, prescribe a ton of pills. And there's a pill for a pill for a pill. And before you know it, you got a, a cabinet full of cocktails and that's how you live your life. Um, and, and we said, you know what? Listen, man, th there is an epidemic in this nation. Uh, there's an epidemic, uh, you know, with opi an opioid epidemic and a suicide epidemic. And we think that we can get after the symptoms of PTS, post-traumatic stress, through medical cannabis research. And so we founded a company together, uh, and, there, and there was four of us, three of us, three Marine Raiders that co-founded this company called Hellman Valley Growers Company, with the mission of uh, combating the opioid and suicide epidemic in the nation through medical cannabis research, primarily targeting the symptoms of post-traumatic stress. And, and everybody listening, you and I all know that post-traumatic stress isn't just, you know, regulated to guys who are in combat, not girls in combat. I mean, PTS, and, and we've dropped a D. So if, if you don't hear me say that, there's a reason. Like, we don't believe the stress is a disorder, right? It's symptoms. It's symptoms from, from experiences that people are suffering from and having to deal with. So we dropped the disorder uh, part of it, and we call it post-traumatic stress. Um, and, and, you know, it affects everybody, right? It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank account. It doesn't matter what job you do. It really doesn't matter what experiences you had to, uh, to affect you. Everybody is affected by it. So we believe the entire nation is going to benefit from the research that we're doing. Although primarily we're starting with veterans because we are veterans and we do understand that that is a, a, a largely unsupported um, you, you know, uh, pool of people in this nation. It's long overdue, right? L like you were talking about, like, it's, it's crazy, especially like where Mike and I come from West Virginia is like a hotbed of the, for the opioid epidemic, people dying all the time from that stuff. And that that's really sad, but you know, that alcoholism too, man, like, yeah, it, it drives me nuts that there's this, this, this other thing out here. Um, that, you know, we know eventually pretty much everywhere it's, it's going to be decriminalized, legalized, whatever. Right. I mean, in Virginia, it's, it's legal. Now you can have it. There's a, there's a certain amount that you can have. And I think you can have up to four plants. I don't know if that part's enacted yet, but, uh, I know, it, you know, in 2024, the rest of the law is coming in and I think they'll be able to sell it like in, in retail, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that'll be great. That, that'll be phenomenal. You know, I, it's just, it's just so weird 
you know, we were talking about this right before the show, right? It's so weird how the nation still looks at it though, right? It's like, is it medical or is it recreation? Well, I think it's all medical. It doesn't matter if you're buying a recreational branded product, right? It still contains the same cannabis as the medically branded product. And most people using it are using it for the same reasons. And that's the experience. So it's like, we're putting all these layers on top of this plant that truly has so many medicinal properties, you know, contained within it. It it blows my mind. It truly blows my mind. Well, it's funny. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Well, I think a lot of it comes back to like what we talked about with Diego and the fact that when you look at it from a large scale, large scale corporate perspective, there's not a whole lot in it for Pfizer or Moderna or, (laughs) or those places to get into this because it's already proven. So to get those, you know, the biologists and the chemists and all those folks into it, there's really no bang for the buck for them, you know, cause yeah, you, right. you know, folks like you guys have already, you know, you, you, we've done the trial and error on it for decades, you know, and in the past, you know, couple of decades, especially, you know, through like California and Colorado and places like that, you know, I, I hear that the, you know, the strains and or you know they've they've protect or they've getting the you know the product down much better you know oh, from, absolutely. What I, from what i remember you know yeah. my friends and stuff as a kid you yeah. know uh the yeah. stuff they used to bring over from ohio um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so the, the medicinal they, aspect of it is is much better you know so oh absolutely uh, that's why I think the the biggest thing about it is is that there's there's just there's not billions in it for them. It's it's a what's right. in it for me from a corporate profit return on investment right. perspective, right, right. and they don't want anything to do with it. What? No, I, I agree with you, and I think they're waiting. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, I think yeah. what they're doing is they're just playing the long game, right? Like I, I believe that they have their they, you know their their cutout companies or their shell companies. They're already there. Right. They're already they're already, you know, kind of placing themselves and getting ready for this. They're just not going to touch it until it becomes federally legal. And then once it does, they'll take wherever, you know, the mom and pop shops and the little guys have started. We know wherever they are in that process, and they're just going to pick it up with their their millions of, of industry dollars and, and own it. You know, that, that's my um, that's my uh, you know, that's my crystal ball. That's the way I'm looking at it. Oh yeah, there'll be Wall Weed instead of Walmart here before. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, <laughs> well, twenty years. I think once once like the drug cartels reach a level of criminality on par with big pharma, they'll they'll just hire lobbyists and get them to push the bills <laughs> through, right? Because we they're almost there. They're right yeah, up there. It's true. You know, big pharma's true. got a lot to teach them, but uh, now yeah, they're, they're close to it though. <laughs> Other thing I wanted to, you know, I wanted to applaud you on too, was the fact that you drop in the D and the PTSD because I cannot stand that that is still in some of the the medical journals. The fact that that is still in there used to irk the crap out of me because when I was going through Intrepid Spirit and that would still show up and I would talk to some of the folks there, I'm like, man, y'all got to get rid of that crap because yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, anybody that goes to combat and comes back the same way they left, that's a problem. So the fact that you're calling this a disorder, it is not a disorder. The fact that we come back different, that's, that's natural. You know, if if you were to go down the highway and you all of a sudden were in a head on collision, 
the next time you go out in your car and the fact that you don't pucker up a little bit, that's, you yep. know, exactly. That's that a symptom happen. of an environment you were in. Right. Exactly. You know? So, yeah. So that's not a disorder. That's normal. Right. So yep. otherwise you'd be a sociopath or a psychopath, you know? No. So yeah, I'm glad to hear you guys are, are leading the, the fight on that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate I think that. It needs, to, it needs to be, uh, it, it needs to be somewhere. And he's a be the norm because it's not a disorder. Absolutely not. Nope. You're right on, man. You're spot on with that. Absolutely. And we feel the exact same way. So I, I, I appreciate that. And we're going to continue pushing on with that. And, and, you know, it comes to education awareness, right? The more we talk about it and explain it, what you just said and give those everyday scenarios, I think the more people get it and, and, you know, they, the more comfortable they feel of dropping the D because yeah, it just, it, we need to strike that from the record, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's, yeah, that's, it's not a permanent thing. I mean, that's, it happens to everybody. You could, I mean, literally, if you look at all of the symptoms for, for PTS, you could literally diagnose everybody in the world with, with it at some point through, you know, not necessarily even just throughout the day, let alone the week, their month or their lives. Right. Yeah, um, it is. True. But this is a solution that I, I think is, is, obviously there's some science behind it. One of the things that I like is, you know, during our phone conversation, you were talking about like, Hey, we're trying to, to get more, more of that behind it in order to legitimize what we're trying to do here. Yeah, we, we really are. And, and our focus again is really um, using the medical cannabis research in a way that the nation, the FDA understands. Right. So to, to do that, you know, what, well, we, what we did is so, okay. So take a couple of steps back and then we'll go forward. Um, we went out to, to Washington, DC. We spoke with members of Congress. Um, wonder what year that was. Maybe it was there. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah. So spoke with members of Congress, you know, behind closed doors and uh, the VA committee and, and, and got, you know, got some pretty, I, I'm not going to say uh, full blown support. Right. But but it's good when you're sitting there talking to people go, you know what, you're probably right. Like there probably is something there. When we see that kind of openness, that in itself is support. And it gives you some encouragement and, and you're, you know, you leave enthusiastic to continue on the mission. Um, and, and, you know, what, what they said was like, listen, like the days of lobbying is over. Okay. Like standing in front of the white house with a sign that says pot is good. Getting high makes us feel good. I don't have any pain. You know, like those days are absolutely over what you need to do. What, what has to happen if you want, a bill to be even, you know, looked at legitimately is you got, you got to come with data, right? You got to come with science and not just, you know, put some weed in a Petri dish and, and put some, you know, chemicals on it. Not, not that kind of science. Like you need true human research with cannabis. You can't just um, shoot and, fireballs at it and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't just put it in a bong and rip it and say, and say that, you know, you know, it'll, it, it's secure for, uh, for opioids. The results uh, are in. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, so we said, okay, cool, right? So we, we got back, you come back from that pretty enthusiastic. And you're like, man, there's, we have so many amazing universities and research programs here in the United States. And there's got to be doctors who are going to be open to this. And so we started doing our research to find out where those, you know, locations were and who those people were. And what we found was that, you know, the universities you would, that, that you know, top three to come to your mind right now, as soon as I said that, right, are like, yeah, man, that's, wow, that's amazing. That is a program we would love to have our stamp on, but 
it's still a class one drug and we get federal grant money. And so we're not going to touch it at all. Like, there's no way we're not doing it. You're like, oh, okay. And so then you start talking to doctors, right? And you're like, well, let's, let's talk to some doctors. Surely they, you know, it's a, it's a networking thing. Surely they know somebody that, that they can get in with and, you know, we can go the back door route, you know? Um, and doctors will go, man, this is amazing. I would love to have this kind of tool in my tool bag. So I wasn't prescribing pills, you know, cause I only got what I got. We think there's something there. If nothing else, just the research and the science amazes us, but you know, we're kind of tied to this federal thing. And, uh, and we would totally lose our license if we did this and we're like, Oh, okay. okay. So, you know, we, we ran into a point early in the, the, early in the, the years of our, uh, you know, of our, of our startup where it was just like, wow, man, you know, you get this like burst of energy and then it's like, oh, okay, well, that's a dead end. Burst of energy, oh, well, that's a dead end. And you, and you start to realize that while everyone truly believes that the plant can do what everyone says it does, nobody's going to touch it. If there's any, any federal support, federal aid, federal research, federal money um, tied to their programming. And so it took us a while. Uh, it took us a long while. And, and that's, that's eventually why we developed our for purpose company, Hellman Valley, because we had initially wanted to do this all not for profit and, um, and get donations and, and just start the research and get it done, right? Get an investor in who could support the research, get behind it and, and ride this thing to the end. And we realized that there's nobody, there was no one at the time, they're willing to do that. And so he said, you know what we're going to do? Hey, listen, we're Marines, right? Like, no is not going to fly with us. Like stopping here, that, that's not going to work either. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to go ahead and like the door is locked. Well, let's get a breach ready because we're going to blow this joker down and we're going to do it ourselves. Uh, and so we entered the recreational market with recreational cannabis products to fund the medical research that needed to be done. So, up, so, so to date, um, we have not taken any investment money. To date, the co-founders have not taken a salary. Uh, we've used 100% of the profits to fund our medical research. Uh, and where we are right now is that we have an IRB, which was uh, approved in January of 2021. And why is that important? All right, an IRB is an institutional review board. It is uh, the thing you have to have if you're going to do any research with a human. And it's, it's it, anyone in the world, not in the world, anyone in the nation that has a product on the shelf uh, has had to have one of these, right? Johnson and Johnson, Purdue. If it, there's an FDA regulated product, it has to be done. Uh, it has to have an IRB. Okay. It's a federally regulated board. It's a board of comprised of, of doctors, of physicians, of psychiatrists, of, um, people from all medical backgrounds who take a look at your protocol. They take a look at what you want to do. And they take a look at what you want the research data for, and they determine if, if it's scientifically validated and if it's ethical, right? Like I want to take a human and I want to give him this thing. Okay. Is that ethical? All right. It is. Okay, great. Now, are you going to read, are you going to read, are you going to gain any, any scientific validity or any scientific data that's going to better the world with this? If the answer is no, well then you're not going to move forward, right? If the answer is yes, you can move forward. Um, and, and so what's so important about this is that I think at the time there are only three private companies that have submitted an IRB uh, through a federally regulated board for human research. And we're one of the three, right? And, and we've been self-funded United States Marine Raiders uh, getting it done. 
um, there's no big company backing us, right? We talked about that. Earlier. Like we don't have J and J behind us. <laughs> you know, we don't have we don't have the Purdue boys um, sitting back here with with checks and opening doors for us. You know, we did this on our own, um, and it and it and it feels kind of good, right? Like that's a good hometown story. That that listen, man, through putting our nose to the grindstone and getting a ton of support from the cannabis industry, from people who just want to support veterans, from veterans themselves is, you know, is, is, is a team, right. As a team, we have gotten this to the point where it is now. And, uh, you know, the next steps are recruitment and then the actual, um, research trials itself. So we do have a doctor, we did get a university that would put a stamp, uh, you know, put their, their name umbrella over our head, um, to, to conduct the research, uh, and, and have it, you know, have it in a public publicized, publishable, I know that's not a word, right. But we can publish, uh, the, the notes once it's done. Um, it's, it's an incredible success story. You know, if it, if it were to stop here and it's not going to, but if it were to stop here and not go a day further, it's already, it's already moved the needle. It's already reset the bar for the entire nation. And it just feels incredible to, to do that. I, I remember, uh, you know, Mike, like when Mike was uh, the command master chief at my last command, we did a, a similar kind of thing where we had to justify all this money for the what what's now I think what are the strike program, uh, similar to kind of like the HPI stuff that's that SOCOM was doing. Um, you know, we didn't fall under the umbrella of SOCOM, so we had to go out and do that. We spent. You know, I think it was like six weeks with this exercise program. They took all these different metrics of everybody that participated. And then, you know, three times a week, we all went and did all these workouts and they evaluated us at the beginning and the end and, and came up, you know, that's, that's a painstaking process. Um, <laughs> but for what you guys are doing, I would imagine it's even more, more so like more thorough, right? Because you're not just. Oh my gosh. Yeah, to it took us some two, funding, years, yeah. two years, man. Two years. Yeah. Well, not even the funding part of it. The funding part of it, we just finally, you know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not even going to ask another person. I'm just going to do this myself. You know, you're like, yeah. I'm not even, you know, we're just going to get this done, man. So that, that's what we ended up doing is just doing it ourselves again. Um, we hit the recreational market with some products. And, uh, and so, we're, you know, we are in the California recreational space. We do have um, uh, some very classic strains that, we cherry picked because of the effects. Uh, again, you know, our focus is on education. It's on awareness um, more so than on selling products. Although we do sell the products because the business aspect, again, goes back into funding and medical research, which is our focus. That's our mission. Um, and so it's sort of a byproduct of our mission or it's, you know, it's one of those necessary things, uh, those lines of effort, um, you know, within our op plan uh, to, to make, to get it done. But um but yeah, so we cherry pick the strains that we use and we cherry pick them because of the effects that they have in, in you know, pain management and not in treating, but in um, addressing the symptoms of, of post-traumatic stress. And we've gotten incredible feedback, man, incredible feedback from the veteran community. And we're talking some guys that are, that, you know, they're pretty jacked up, uh, you know, triple amputees, um, guys that have some very, very, very serious post-traumatic stress issues, anxiety uh, stress, you know, sleep disorders, eating disorders, um, all tied back to experiences that they've had. Um, we've gotten feedback from spouses who, you know, write us just incredible, uh, letters of, of support and thanking us for, um, you know, bringing their spouse sort of, sort of back to, um, being a functional 
family member, you know, after years of, of not sleeping at night or years of not sitting down at the dinner table with the family for the very first time, you know, they're eating dinner together as a family. They're playing a game as a family. They're watching a movie together as a family. They're sleeping throughout the night. And, um, you know, no, no gender associated with that at all. Right. Like, I mean, we're just talking about human beings and, and being again, sort of being reintroduced into what we consider, uh, you know, functional daily life. And, and everybody deserves that man. And no one more than our nation's heroes, you know, I mean, seriously. You, you know, I was, was thinking about that. Um, because that personally, I, I have a family member who was like that. Uh, I won't say which one on the podcast, but <laughs> you know, heavy alcohol consumption, you know, wasn't taking care of themselves, uh, you know, got into doing that. Um, not necessarily, you know, above board, but, you know, also a veteran had, had started doing that, stopped drinking, lost a bunch of weight, sort of working out again, taking care of themselves and happier than, than I've ever seen them. Yeah. yeah very, very chill. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Right. And, you know, they're like, oh, you should try it. I'm like, I, I, you know, I just don't, I don't feel like I have the need for it. I know I'm, yeah. I'm lucky enough to not, you know, I'm not saying I don't have any stuff like that, but I, you know, to me, I don't think I'm as debilitated as a lot of people that I've seen. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'll tell you this, you know, if, if you don't mind, I'll, you know, I want to sort of touch on that just for a second, because even, um, even being in the industry, you know, I, you know, I, I, we, I think we, we kicked off uh, 18 months ago, maybe two years ago now. Um, I've learned so much. It's, it's just really widened my aperture about, about cannabis in general, right? You know, initially thought about it as pain management is something, you know, you, you're going to do to go to sleep. And then when I started learning more about the strains, and this is why education is so important to us, and we really make it the forefront of what we do. We go to dispensaries for patient appreciation days, and it's about education. When I get the chance to sit down and, and meet a, a buddy I haven't seen in a while, I talk to him about cannabis. I really make it a point of education um, and, and just teaching people what the plant has to offer. But, you know, the, the strains themselves, you have an indica, you have a sativa, you have a hybrid. You know, I, there are people who are like, look, I just want to get through a functional day and, and have some energy and not be stressed out and anxious, not have to pop a pill at 10 in the morning. And I'm like, dude, there's this thing called a one to one, right? Or a sativa strain where you're taking a little bit of CBD and a little bit of THC. And it's just enough to take the edge off, right? It doesn't get you super high or head high. It, it doesn't get you head high at all. It's not going to put you, you know, like, a, like an anchor in your couch. You will be able to go through your day and function, you know, if you got to give a brief at work, if you got to go buy groceries at the grocery store, you know, do it is whatever you got to do. But it, it's, in a re, it's replacing whatever pill you just popped in your mouth, right? And, and that's really how we look at it. It's not the golden ticket. It's not going to, and we don't, we don't think it is we don't subscribe to this mentality at all you know it's not going to be the ultimate replacement for everything and it's not for everyone right and that's the first that's where you start but but it is something to substitute taking a pill right it is something to substitute getting a prescription for a, a series of pills because the one you take to treat not even treat i'm sorry the one you take the mask because that's what pills do to mask the symptoms you have jacks up your liver Okay, well, I got to take a pill now to combat my liver. Well, I have to take a pill because that one keeps me up at night, right? I got to take a pill in the morning because that one makes me feel super hungover in the morning. You know, before you know it, I'm taking four pills to mask a symptom that, 
you know, a particular strain could do on its own with nothing else. No, by the way, it's 100% natural, right? 100% natural. Um, it's just incredible. Yeah. It's funny that we actually had this stuff figured out hundreds of years ago and <laughs> kind of regressed. Yeah. And now we're coming back full circle. <laughs> I know. You know, I, know it is. I, I, well, I've only tried it once since I retired and it was actually somebody's vape. I didn't even know that they made vapes like THC vapes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh wow. That was, you know, just the way it made me feel. I was like, Oh, I remember this feeling from a while yep. back. I won't yep. say how far back, but um, yeah, I, you know, as you were talking about that, you brought something else up that I think is really important. And you hear me talk about this a lot too, because doing the coaching and everything, I encounter a lot of, of, you know, probably the number one thing that every or, you know, future vet wants to do when they retire or whatever they say, Oh, I want to start a nonprofit. (laughs) And they always ask the same thing. Why do you say, why did you ask me why? Right. I always say why. And, and I had, you know, I had that same thing, right. I was on the other side of that. And somebody said, why? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why? It's a nonprofit. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that people don't understand about nonprofits. Um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot over the years, like for one, I've, I've learned that the world of nonprofits can be pretty cutthroat. Um, I don't know if you remember that movie, Death to Smoochie. Did you ever see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> they talked about all these charities that were basically like organized crime syndicates. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't think all of them are that bad, but I, it's, you know, they're, they're competing for your dollars. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you're doing where you're like, Hey, we have the for-profit company with a not with a nonprofit mission. Right. And, and that's what I tell them. Like, go look at that. If you're good at something, go out and get paid for it and then have a nonprofit mission. Right. Because now you can support yourself and you can do this thing that you like to do that, that brings you that sense of fulfillment. Um, so, you know, I, I, I thought that was cool. Like that you had said that, uh, that kind of, when you told me that initially, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I like this. This is a good example of what I tell people all the time. Yeah. And I do. It's funny, right? There's a little bit of a, um, a negative perspective. You kind of see people's faces sort of scrunch up a little bit when you say you're for purpose and like, Oh, right. But that's why we said, you know what, it's a for it's a for purpose. It's a for purpose company, right? And that's, that is a company and, and, and there's lots of for purpose companies out there to your point. And, um, and there, it's a company with a mission, right? And and you know, you got your moral compass set in the right direction. You're doing it for the right reasons. But but to your point, it takes money to make this stuff happen. And so, you know, we're just letting everybody know that that you know, 100% of our profits do go back to fund medical research. We are a for-purpose company, and our company is is to to you know combat uh, the opioid and suicide epidemic. Um, and you know, it's 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 what we wake up for every day. And I want to say something too about some of the research that you're doing, I would imagine is a lot of qualitative research and not quantitative because I would think it'd be very difficult to capture a lot of quantitative stuff with regards to how someone feels. I would think of most of it would be Likert scale type of on a scale of one through seven, you feel this or you feel that, which makes it very difficult and you have to capture a lot of that over, you know, a, a, 
a vast period of time, you know, six months to a year to two years. So you're looking at a study that's taken, it's going to take a lot of time. So you're in it for the long haul. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Th this is, um, it, this is a marathon. So the way that the way we're looking at the study you're and you're absolutely right. Um, with, with, you know, the, how the study needs to be oriented. Um, you know, it's a, it's a head to toe physical, uh, it's, it's very much, and it's very stringent. I mean, these are, it's, it's not, you know, it's not easy to, to get into this thing at all. Um, and then it's meeting with the doctor, uh, for that period of time, eight weeks, 12 weeks, every single week to ensure that how you're feeling is how you're supposed to be feeling, you know, based on the, the protocol that the doctor's written for that patient. Uh, and, and I want to, you know, I want to bring up the point right now, again, that we don't want any veteran to spend any money of their own money going through this program. Right. And that's why it's so important for our for purpose company to be successful. It's because we do want this to be free of charge. We, we believe it should be uh, for the veteran. Um, but yeah, so so once that data is taken and, it, and you're right, it is right. Once that data is taken and recorded, then we go into, you know, phase two and phase three of the study. And I'm being a little bit generic right now for a reason. And I apologize for that. Uh, I can't get you know, I can't can't show all the all the cards um, with where we are right now with it. But. When we go into phase two and phase three, it, they, the two sort of merge together a little bit. And so now you're still very much oriented on how that person feels and addressing how that person felt before they started the protocol and how they feel after the protocol. And then you start getting a little more scientific with the dosing because the ultimate goal is to make this a prescribable medicine where it still is a cannabis, you know, it's still, it's still cannabis and it, it's, it's cannabis through and through. We're not talking about creating synthetics from cannabis, which I want using cannabis um, and making it prescribable in micro dosing so that, you know, when you come in, a doctor has a place to start from and can give it in a more condensed manner, or, or maybe you can have to take more of it. Right. But always starting small and working up. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that's what phase two and phase three are is, okay, now we know that, you know, the groups of people who have these sort of, you know, cognitive feelings or, or, or emotions, are, are treatable using these specific strains, right? And these specific strains we know can contain the scientific elements or scientific properties. So, so it's still very much scientifically validated. How much now do we need to give them? And that's where that other part comes in, right? With phase two and phase three, and then validating the information. As you know, it starts as a hypothesis, we all know, and then, and then goes from there. So, yeah, I was gonna ask, have, have you guys engaged the VA at all? Um, about any of this stuff? Yeah, we sure have. Um, and the VA is, uh, you know, they're, they're loosely open to it. Um, I think if we can prove what we say we can prove and what we all believe to be true, and it can, you know, it, it comes back as a prescribable, you know, prescribable thing because Congress signs off on it, then they're going to go ahead and, and wrap that in. Now, what that looks like, I think there's some work yet to be done you know, is that, um, is that a prescription that the doctor writes for you? Is it just going to be accepted? You know, I don't know what that looks like yet. So they haven't, uh, as I was say, I guess they, they haven't been able to pledge any kind of like support or funding for any of the studies that you're doing. No, no, not at all. Yeah, not at all. And that goes back to the, the federal, um, you know, it just being a, a class one drug, no one with any, any, a federal fingerprint on their organization is going to touch it unless it's federally legal. Nobody. I, I feel like 
but you know is more like people are from our generation kind of get into a lot more of these uh higher government executive positions that that old you know thought process is going to go because i you know like my my parents i remember my mom going to las vegas and she's like oh my god it smelled like pot everywhere and i'm like so what dude were you afraid your daughter's gonna go out and smoke the devil's grass with with jazz musicians or something like you know <laughs> it's, catch, catch up right the world's progressing this this stuff isn't as bad as, it, as you've been led to believe it is man it really really does smell like pot everywhere in vegas i was, I was thinking that myself when i was there not too long ago, but, but you know what though, but here's, what's funny, right? And we talked about alcohol. Okay. These are the same people who, who look forward to their Sunday brunch mimosas. And I'm not talking about specifically about your mom at all. Right. But what I'm saying is there are people out there who absolutely condemn the use or consumption of cannabis. Okay. But they're the same people that'll go to a Sunday brunch and get wasted and then drive home. Right. Yeah. Like they look forward to that, you know? And, 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 and so it's just, it, man, we really have to reset our perspective as a nation on, on what we, uh, what we consider normal and what we accept, right? Because we shouldn't accept that. You know, there are people out there who enjoy smoking a sativa strain in the morning. And I don't mean, I don't mean pounds of cannabis. I mean, taking one, you know, one pull off a vape pen instead of drinking coffee. Well, if that's the, if that's what they want to do and they get the same effects as, as you and I do from drinking a cup of coffee, what's wrong with that? nothing right what about someone who wants uh, mike tyson's a good one you know just an interview with mike tyson and he said that he smoked cannabis before his fights and this is probably i mean arguably one of the uh one of the best heavyweights of his era and he entered the ring um after smoking cannabis well man man like if he can do that and that's what he needed instead of drinking uh, an energy drink or taking a pre, a scoop of pre-workout or, you know, some sort of other stimulant, like what's wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with that? I think you need to take a step back. Wow. And go, is there anything wrong with that? You know, I don't think there is. I it's couldn't imagine what would have happened had he not done that. <laughs> well, I know, right? Could you, could you imagine when I, when I heard that, I was like, Oh wow. Like, so that's... you were chilling all those fights. Oh, that's yeah. That was... <laughs> I mean, that's... if that's what she'll look like, then I'm, I definitely want to make sure I'm not around him when he's not chill. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense now. Cause I, I guess when he bit Evander Holyfield's ear <laughs> off, he just had the munchies. So <laughs> like, like, Hey Mike, that's, those aren't chicharrones, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking about this and you know i think california is probably the perfect place to have this that would be great one day if you could just you know how you have like napa and sonoma valley for the wine if you could have yeah. just go out and buy a valley and rename it helmand and just oh you know gosh. that that could be like napa valley but for a cannabis that would be incredible yeah without the ieds uh, right? yeah i think you i think you yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I think you just uh, you touched on something, and I might have to, I might have to look into that. That's that's actually pretty cool. Cannabis tour, yeah. You could do like your uh, last time I went out there with my wife. We did a thing where we rode bikes to all the different wineries, and yeah, you know, we drank wine, and it was like ninety five degrees outside. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah that's great let's yeah. get people out there riding bikes half drunk and these roads with heavy traffic right <laughs> so yeah water no no water 95 degrees let's get them out there man yeah no that's that's makes perfect sense so makes well, perfect sense what does the future hold for you guys well um you know i guess really two two prongs one is definitely the research and and moving that forward and then moving into phase two and phase three uh second prong completely completely tied into the first prong supporting the first prong is the business aspect and that is really just growing as a business um expanding through all of california uh, potentially looking at other states. I know we've talked about other states. We're just not in a place right now where we think we have the legs to as much as, I mean, as much as tomorrow, I'd love to wake up and say we're in five or six different states and are being asked by veterans to be in those states. Um, we just don't have the legs right now to get that done. So it's super important for us to stay, you know, keep a tight hold on what we're doing. Um, so we, you know, so, so the, the research stays as tight as it can uh, expand through California and and just continue to grow man just continue to grow continue to to be vocal on every platform we can with our support to um our, our veterans uh support to our military support to our nation and uh and yeah just just doing the do every single day how tricky is that to expand across the let's say if you were to go from california to colorado or into like virginia from a business perspective you know, yeah, it's, using that product, I mean, the fact that it's still a federal class one uh, drug, I mean, that, that's got to make things extremely difficult it from, does. from you guys. Yeah, no, it really does. So, so to expand as a business, essentially what you do is you restart your business every state you go to. It's a brand new business. Um, you have to, you know, you have to ensure you're following that state's guidelines and you're, you know, you're, you're crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's and each state is different. So in each state, you have to have, you know, it's a different requirement. I mean, shoot, in California, each county is different, right, to make to sort of add to that. But let's say we wanted to go to Colorado and then to Virginia, um, we would have to start over again and, and uh, you know, submit for a license in Colorado and kick a business off there and then submit for a license in Virginia. A brand new license, completely, you know, completely dip, uh, independent of each other, Um and, and create a new business there as well. So they could all be tied together. Um, you know, they can all, we, there, there are some things you can find some, um, you know, some nuances where uh, social media could be the same, I guess, you know, all your non-cannabis could come from a supplier and be you know, distributed uh, in that manner. But if you're talking just the strict cannabis side of things, each and every one is independent and freestanding. So it does make it extremely difficult. Let me know if you come to Virginia. Yeah, I absolutely will. I absolutely will. I would love to get some of this California cannabis out to Virginia, man. It's it's yeah. world class. You know, we were laughing about Mexico. Uh, I hear I just read an article the other day um, in the news out here where where now cannabis is being smuggled. I'll call it smuggled, right? Imported into Mexico. So the thing now is is you know if you if you want to be uh, you know if you're high society in Mexico right and and you want to be like in the top echelon of of society there you're smoking California green, and so they come into California they buy from dispensaries uh, and then they take it back over and they have it you know it's sort of like a like a fine wine or like an aged scotch, you know, when you break those out at parties and, and people ooh and awe over it. So if you break out California cannabis 
in Mexico, um, you know, you're someone <laughs> you're, 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 uh, you're doing well for yourself. I thought that was kind of funny. They, now they have a problem with us, huh. with, with us taking, taking cannabis in, in, in Mexico. It's just a different direction now. That's got to make yeah. you feel good though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. does. It really does, man. I was cracking up. I'm like, Oh, how the tides have turned, you know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just funny to think about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but especially because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the whole, the history of the, the cartels and I've got tons of books on all that stuff. And they, you know, one of the big things with the, the Sinaloa cartel was they, they grew weed like out in the right. middle of the desert. Yeah. Right. And I know they talk about it in that show Narcos, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I've heard all the stories about how they were growing in California and national parks and things like <laughs> yeah. that. And before you know it, yeah, they're going to have Sinaloa corporation, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah. Just, Hey, yeah, we own all these fields. We're going to grow it. We're going to make the water crisis in California even worse. Yeah. And uh <laughs> So, but uh it's 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 very cool man and you know for me i'm a big proponent of this because i i know people personally who have started using that and you know i've seen it firsthand the impact it's had on them and the positive change that they've had and you know i'm just i'm a big proponent of it too especially looking at the alternatives that are out there right now and and a lot of the damage that that stuff's been done and, and it continues to do. And the only reason for that is because, you know, there's a lot of money to be made by, you know, big companies and, and politicians. So I'm, I'm pulling for you. And like I said, Thank man, you. if, if you guys come to Virginia, hit me up, <laughs> I'd Absolutely. love to be a part of that. However I could, because I think if it's, Absolutely, man. if it's something that good, that's good for vets, then, you know, I'm all about it. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for that. Yeah. What, what's the best way people can learn a little bit more about you and Hellman, Grout and Hellman Valley Growers? Okay. So if you want to hop on the internet, you can check us out at www.hvgcompany.com. And same thing for our Instagram. Instagram handle is hvgcompany. Uh, and you'll be able to find us. Please, please um, follow us. And, you know, we're always posting uh, about what we're doing in the, in the research world. We're always posting about where we're going to be if we're doing a patient appreciation day. And we're always throwing out, you know, we're always throwing education out there as much as we can. And, and again, support for our nation, support for our veterans and, uh, and just getting it, get it done. So I would appreciate everybody listening to hop on Instagram and, and give us a like, give us a follow, hit us, you know, DM us. We're, you know, the, the co-founders are the ones who are going to respond back. Uh, it's just how we do business. Um, and so, yeah, you'll be talking to uh, directly to us and then same thing online, hop online, you know, you can read about our mission, uh, who we are, our bios are on there, what we've done, and then a little bit about our strains and about our research and, um, you know, there's just different things that we're doing day in and day out. Awesome. Maybe me and Michael fly out there after October. Yeah, please do. Yeah, please <laughs> yeah. do. Please do. Come on out, man. <laughs> That'd be great. So that would be a great yeah. epic trip. Yep. What do you got? <laughs> what do you got? My it'll be uh, I, as we were talking about this, I was thinking about porch beer, and uh, <laughs> that was a fun day. Mike and I literally drank two bottles of bourbon on my back porch. One we were oh, just supposed to have oh a couple of beers. We're like, you know yeah. what, man, we should go drink some porch beers, and 
Oh. Literally two bottles of bourbon later. Um, yep. Hey, it happens. You know, it was I right around you, our birthday. Yeah. <laughs> One story you'll never tell, right, is that you went to go do some porch beers and end up smoking a couple of pounds, right? Like you'll never, you'll never get to the point where you. Yeah. <laughs> that story will never be told. I promise you that, man. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> Well, I will see you in October. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, man, we really appreciate you oh, coming man. on the show. I, I definitely yeah, thank you. think we hit a home run getting in contact with you to talk about this Heck subject because yeah. I, I love the stuff that you're doing right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, same same here, man. I mean, I give Sean a hard time whenever I can, but he really did us right on this one. So uh, hats off to him again. Thank you guys for what you do. I hopped online and and checked you out and checked your podcast out and you're doing it right as well. So I really appreciate, you know, where your passion is in the space for supporting veterans. And, and uh, I just want to say thank you to you guys. Really do appreciate it. Keep up the fight with uh, Helen Valley Growers, man. I think you guys are doing some outstanding stuff. I appreciate it. Mike. Thank you so much, man. All right, guys. Thanks, you too. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net. And let us help you get to vet.